Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, July the 18th, 2023, and it just hit me the other day that we we are halfway through the year, not only halfway through this month, but we are now over halfway through the year of 2023. It's cliche, I know, but sure does go by fast. (laughs) It's true, man. It is, you know, it's uh, middle of the year, headed towards, man, it won't be long. Kids will be back in school and we'll be running through the fall. So, but uh, let's not, let's not run through the summer too quick. Let's uh, try to enjoy, even though it's hot, even though it's so hot right now, let's try to enjoy it. Um, Keep the, keep the pace at a uh, sustainable, you know, level right now. Because pretty soon the fall will hit and man, it'll be hammered down. So, um, so hopefully you'll get a few more opportunities to take a long weekend or maybe even get your va- another vacation in before school starts back for the fall is in full swing or at least get a weekend here or time at the beach or out on the lake or get some, get a few more of those, uh, fun summer times, uh, in before it's uh before we get back into the the fall. Fall's nice too though. It's got its own treats, but let's not uh let's not brush summer away too quick. Let's enjoy it. All right, you guys, let's uh dive into the word of God today. We are in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 today as we continue our journey through the New Testament this year and uh specifically now we're in 1 Corinthians. So we began the beginning of the year with a uh, the objective of getting through the entire New Testament in 2023, and we are uh, on pace. We are on track, doing a chapter uh, five days a week. And so today we are in, uh, you know, so that means we're we're over halfway through our readings through the New Testament. So we are in First Corinthians chapter nine today. Let's do it, y'all. Thanks so much for being a part. Thanks for taking time out to. Spend some time in the Word of God and with this community. Really appreciate that. That is awesome. So you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. All right. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Chapter 9, verse 1. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? So the Corinthians were um, uh, calling into question Paul's rights as an apostle. Are you a real apostle? <laughs> Paul, you're preaching with blue jeans and, a, and tennis shoes. Are you a really, really a preacher? <laughs> That's not uncommon now, right? I mean, everybody's, every pastor's wearing blue jeans and tennis shoes. But back in the day, you know, if you weren't wearing a suit and a tie and you weren't, you know, you didn't, have, you didn't dress the piece, then people would be like, mm, I don't, 
I don't know if I can take you serious. You must be a youth pastor. <laughs> you, yeah, you must be a, you one of them youth pastors, okay? Well, you can wear blue jeans and you and your hat backwards, but if you're a lead pastor, you better put on some khakis. You can't be serious about Jesus if you're not wearing khakis in the pulpit. Anyway, so anyway, they're calling Paul's uh, authority as an apostle into question. Verse 2, even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you. He's like, look, other people might have a have a basis for not calling me an apostle, but you, you Corinthians, you sure don't. Because, I mean, not to, I mean, let's just keep it real. Y'all owe me a lot, he's saying. He, he, your very faith, I'm the one who brought the gospel to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. So you uh, you actually validate my apostleship. How? The fact that you just you exist in the faith. The fact that you're a church. The fact that you've come to Jesus and know who he is and walk in him. You have a, a Christian faith. The reason you have that is because of the apostolic work that I've done. So you're basically a walking resume. Obviously, this goes incredibly hurtful to Paul, right? Um, it's like, uh, it'd be like a pastor serving at a place a long time and someone saying, oh, you're not my pastor. Whoa. I've walked with you through the dedication of your children, your baptisms, your marital, your marriages, your marital issues, your, uh, your ups and downs, and I'm not your pastor? Wow, that hurts. <laughs> so you can imagine, I mean, yes, on one level, it's, it, it uh, probably frustrated Paul, but on a different level, that's, I mean, that hurts, right? When you walk with, through someone, walk, walk with someone and uh, they don't, it, your friendship, right? You walk with someone and you've been with them and you, you feel like you've been a good friend. And, um, you know, then you're treated like you aren't a friend. It's like, wait, what? What? I never turned my back on you. I, I never, I always tried to be there for you. I, we shared so many memories together. Like, what, well, how? How can this happen? <laughs> Verse 3, this is my defense to you who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? So people are saying, well, if you were a real apostle, you wouldn't be eating and drinking this. If you were a real apostle, you wouldn't do X, Y, and Z. If you were real, you know, that, that stuff. Everybody has their list. Of like It doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. It just has to do with their preferences, right? This is my defense to those who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the right to don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas? So Peter's bringing his wife. We can't we can't have a believing wife with us. What's up? Or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right to not work for a living? See the. It was interesting back then. It was like if you were like like manual labor was looked down upon, and it's like if you were a real apostle, you wouldn't be working with your hands, like making tents and stuff. <laughs> if you were a real apostle, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be having a side hustle where you're working doing some work on the side. No, no, no. You 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 just you just make it off of what you're doing, off of your apostleship. And uh, so Paul's like. Everyone else has a right to make a living. Why would why would is, is Barnabas and I the only ones not allowed to try to make a living? Verse seven. 
who serves as a, as a as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? So Paul's saying, um, to be honest with you, uh, as a soldier, what doesn't the soldier get a get payment from the government? The, for, for, for whom he works, doesn't uh, a someone who plants a vineyard uh, allowed to enjoy some of the fruit of that vineyard? Um, someone who raises a flock, isn't he allowed to drink some of the goat milk? Blech, yuck. <laughs> but good. Is he not a, he's not allowed to drink some of the milk? Of course. Doesn't the law seem to say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while he's treading out grain. You don't muzzle, muzzle an ox because they wouldn't be able to eat if they were muzzled. It's, it was considered cruel. So they're working, and you're not even going to let them graze as they work. So you don't muzzle an ox. It was, called, it was considered inhumane. And so Paul's drawing that analogy to those who are working uh, in the, the field of the Lord. You should be able to... Enjoy some of the fruit of your labor. Yeah. Is it about oxen that is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely He says this for us, doesn't He? So yeah, He's concerned about oxen, but He's more. But it's also an analogy about people. You know that's why. You know we talked about this before, but strictly that's kind of why pastors are paid by churches. Now, do pastors have to be paid by churches? No. You could be bivocational. You could work. Pastors could work somewhere else, or co-vocational. Do a job that uh, serves both purposes. Um, you know, but a lot of ministers are paid by churches. Why? So they can focus on their calling. So you you know you don't have to muzzle an ox. So like, and that's why you know when the church does well, and the you know the people of the church. Then, then the pastor is rewarded for that. When the church is struggling, then the pastor also must deal with uh, financial setbacks. It's just the way it. So, but it's that same principle. You're 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 living in this field. You're serving in this field. You can enjoy some of the fruit of the field, um, but when the field's struggling, it also means you have to um, participate in that suffering as well. It's not right when you know the church is like you know. You, if the church is like in an impoverished area and the pastor is living like a king, I mean, that's, that, that's, there's something that doesn't smell right about that. Right. Um, and it, it's not uncommon in some cultures because they want the minister to be, to have all the emblems of success. But when it comes to gospel, that doesn't quite feel right. Right. It doesn't quite sit right. Um, and that's why generally, you know, I've been different churches and I've helped different churches figure out different um, compensation matters. But generally, you, you want the pastor to be paid somewhere in, somewhere in the middle of the, of the congregation. You want them to be, you know, somewhere around the, the middle um, of where the congregation as a whole is. Not, you know, wealthier than everyone in the congregation, but also not, you know, crawling on the bottom 
<laughs> begging for food. <laughs> and that's a healthy place to be. Um, so that Paul's uh, saying, you know, God has said that, you know, if you're working in a field, you have a right to enjoy some of the fruit of that field materially. Um, surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this was written for us because whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. Yeah, you should work hard knowing that you're, you can participate in the abundance. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? Yeah, they're like, we don't know what the conversation is. Maybe they're thinking, we don't, we're not supporting you. And Paul's like, um, if anyone has a right to ask for support from you, it would be us. I mean, he probably isn't, but we certainly have the right to because you, you're very, you're very your well, spiritual well-being is, and, and new life in Christ is because we've been soldiers in the Lord's army, <laughs> right? And came to you and shared with you the gospel. Watch this, but he doesn't take the right. But we do not use this right. We have the right. We could be asking for something, but we're not. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. So we are not taking advantage of this right. We have every right to do it, but we have chosen not to. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple? And those who serve at the altar share in what is offered at the altar? Just like you know, priests when priests would serve at the altar of the Lord, they would in, they pour a portion of the uh, sacrifice was to be consumed by the priests. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. Oh, every pastor said, "Amen, amen, brother." <laughs> yeah, should receive your living from the gospel. Now, you can, as Paul said, you can voluntarily uh, relinquish that right. Paul did, and, and do another job. You know, he was bivocational. He worked making tents, made his money from that. Um, and so Paul's like, you know, you guys, you guys, I'm kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't here. If, I, if, if I, I'm working with my hands so as to not ask for an offering from you, which I have every right to ask, and you're criticizing me because I can't. I must not be a real apostle. If I was a real apostle, I wouldn't be doing. I wouldn't be working with my hands. But then, if I don't work with my hands, and I expect you to support me, um, then you don't really think you you're you're obligated to do that. It's like so. So you're not willing to support me, and you're criticizing me for actually trying to make a, an income. Like, dude, what am I supposed to do here? Right. Um. But this is a great teaching text on, you know, just that that relationship between the minister and the congregation. Um, you know, should should pastors be paid or not? And um, it's pretty clear. Paul believes they should be. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I have not used any of these rights, and I am not writing this in hope that you will do such thing for me. For I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. <laughs> I'm boast. He enjoys the boast that they aren't. He's doing it on his own. They aren't, they aren't paying for him. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. 
If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge and so not make, and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and, be, and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. It's a beautiful passage, right? Though he's free, he belongs to no one. He's made himself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. What for? Why, why has he become like all people? Everybody, why has, he, why has he become like others? Because he wants to win them. He wants to see them come to know Jesus. So rights that might put a wedge between, between him and other people, he, re, he quickly relinquishes that right so that he might relate to them and win them. Now, what a tremendous motivation uh, and reminder in our hearts that what should, what should motivate us is to win people to Jesus. So, you know, to relate to people, to connect with people, to build bridges with people, and remove obstacles that keep us from people so as to win them. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law, that is, Jewish people. To those who, have, who, who do not, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to, those, so as to win those not having the law, Gentiles. Those who are not raised in the Jewish law, I become like the Gentiles to win the Gentiles. To the weak, I became the came weak to win the weak. I have become all things. This is an underlinable one here, right here. First uh, Corinthians nine twenty two. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. Hmm. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might that I may share in its blessings. It's a great reminder of our call of evangelism, right? We are called to be evangelists. We are called to reach out. We are called to not be the not be the ones quick to um, defend our rights, but those that would be willing to lay down rights in some cases to reach other people. Do you not know that that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Like, go for it, man. Maybe some of you need to hear that today. Go for it. Run the race to win the prize. Go. Go hard. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So Paul's like, we, we're running. We're running hard. You know, just like in the, uh, the Olympic Games. Um, and there were, there were Greek games as well. and um, the name has escaped me. Ictimus um, um, uh, Games. I, I, I may be saying it wrong. But there were Greek games. It was a, a, a parallel to the Olympic Games. And so the competition was a big thing. And he's, he's basically drawing the analogy of, a, of a, an Olympic a runner, a, a sportsman who's running a marathon. Don't they run, train to win the race? So in, spirit, in our spiritual lives, we should run to win the race, to win as many as possible. We should be motivated to see Many people come to Jesus. We should be motivated to fulfill the calling that God has uh, placed on our lives. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I'm not shadow boxing. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that I may 
so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. He's like, I'm not just preaching to other people. I'm not just working hard to preach the gospel. I'm working hard to live the gospel. <laughs> Come on. I'm not working hard. To, I'm working both hard to preach it and to live it. Because after preaching it, I don't want to not be living it and then disqualify myself. That's mm. a great, great thing for all of us to remember, right? It's not only about preaching the gospel and reaching as many people as possible. It's also doing the inward work of grace, of becoming more like Jesus. Our mission statement, right? At Bayside, more people, more like Jesus. We want to be outward, seeing more people, others come to know Jesus. But at the same time, we want them to become more like Jesus ourselves. Outward and inward simultaneously. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being on today. That wraps up chapter 9. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for this uh, daily um, bread that we have received from your word. God, thank you for the reminder of our call to be all things to all people so that we might win some. We're not going to win all. We're going to be all things to all people. We're not going to win them all. We pray that we can win some. And so, God, we go out today as missionaries, Lord, into our world to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, and at the same time, to allow it to transform us into your image. God, I pray for my friends today. May you bless them, encourage them. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have together to to read together, to learn, to be uh, inspired by the same Holy Spirit, whether that Holy Spirit is right here at this desk or in a car or while someone's running or jogging or riding a bike or in their office. Um, it's your Spirit that is uh, that we are in fellowship with and with one another. So we thank you for that. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word and this time together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. Hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you, as always, for liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. That's how the word gets out. So thank you for taking time to do that. It means a whole lot. You listen to it on Apple. Go over to Apple and uh, to the show and leave a comment. That would be a huge help, and I would really appreciate it. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow with 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Should be fun. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.